Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about healing from trauma. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do this. Uh, that's a big topic to just drop on people. Uh, I, but I, I, I mean, d- d- no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, you're right. That's what this podcast is. That's true. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've started this series on healing and this kind of broad spectrum healing experiences. Yeah. And uh, as I was thinking about the ways I've broken this down into body or physical, emotional, and spiritual, the experience of trauma is the thing that constantly needs to be healed. Yeah. Clayton, if you were going to give me like a um, like a social worker's definition of trauma, what is trauma? So this is probably what the way that I would communicate it. Um, it is a thing that I don't know. So I like to talk about like emotional trauma. And psychological trauma, the same way that like a someone in the medical field would talk about trauma, like a a physical thing that hurt you that now needs to be treated. We should not talk about it as any different from an emotional psychological standpoint. Um, if I have trauma, it means there is something that happened to me in my life that hurt me so deeply it needs. To be treated. Okay. It and needs why, to be why does it need to be treated? Because it won't fix itself. Because it altered something about your existence and it will not fix Correct. itself. Correct. And so as long as you continue to live with that trauma, it impacts your existence as a human yeah. in a negative way. Yeah. Okay. I don't love original sin. If I'm being honest, I don't love original sin because like ori- the idea of original sin. Yeah. Or like the, like the doctrinal. mainstream teachings about original sin. I don't no. love the concept of original sin. You can't get rid of no, it the Bible. The Bible has it there. You can't get rid of it, but what you do with it can look different. Sure. I don't love the way mainstream theologians deal with original sin, mm. but what original sin does do for me is when I read Genesis 3 and I see the curses that God lays out because of the experience of the original sin, mm-hmm. excuse me, and the way in which Adam and Eve respond to their sin by covering mm-hmm. their nakedness. It's a trauma response. It's a trauma response. It's yeah. absolutely a trauma response, which impacted their physical person because they felt the need to cover their nakedness. They now could not feel comfortable in their own body. So we've impacted our body experience. It impacted our emotional experience because to God, they both blame each other. Mm -hmm. Adam, well, technically Adam blames Eve. Well, God and Eve, the woman that you gave you gave me. And then Eve blames the serpent. Yeah, correct. Um, and so it's impacted emotional and it's impacted spiritually because they're kicked out of paradise, right? They can no longer exist there. And why, 
Why are they kicked out of paradise? People always forget this when we're when we're reading that story. Why are they kicked out of paradise, Clayton? Um, because now there's an experience of death. Yeah, but why does that mean they have to get kicked out? What's the reason that God says that they have to leave the garden? I guess I don't remember verbatim. What, what what's happening? Genesis three twenty two. This is after God's given them all of the curses, and. Remember when they try to cover their nakedness, they do it with uh, fig leaves? Mm -hmm. Well, God kills animal, the first experience of death. Right. God enacts the death oh, yeah, yeah. to kill the animal to make clothing for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 22. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim and a sword, a sword flaming and turning to the guard the way to the tree of life. So, so why did he kick him out? Why did God kick him out? Why can they not be there anymore? Because as the, the narrative reads, he's afraid that they will achieve eternal life in an imperfected state. They cannot eat of the tree of life in this state trauma has impacted their spiritual existence Dude, however you want to read genesis the imagery that's happening there i read it very metaphorically personally um it's very strange because you're, you're absolutely right and it almost reads as if like God no longer like doesn't want them to continue to suffer in their trauma. Therefore, there has to be an end to their life. Well, the grace is that, that they can't exist eternally in this state. Correct. That is the grace. Yeah. Because this is the other thing. Well, hey, I can't I can't jump into this. Save this because we're about to do a, okay. a, a an episode on our other podcast called Pints and Perspectives. Okay. And it's about eschatology. We're going to talk about this, but this is the need for universal restoration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so trauma impacts all three of these, you know, columns or vestibules we're looking under this category of healing. And so this is another question I want to ask you. So establishing that trauma impacts us in this way, that yep. it alters our existence in a negative light and that it can't fix itself without treatment. Mm -hmm. Does everybody have experiences of trauma? Mm. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Why? Explain it. Yeah, you're absolutely... Uh, I agree with you. You're right. You're not so, going to get any qualms from me. Explain it. So from a, a social point of view, from a psychological point of view, um, there is multiple different camps um, on this. I take... So in social work, we are multidisciplinary um, or interdisciplinary, probably better said. Um, and... We, we pull from everything that we have available to us to build our to build worldviews and to help build practices um, tailored to the client. And so for me, when I build my own worldview, I pull from all of these things, of which theology is a large one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, if you're asking me, it's because we are all created in the image and likeness of God. 
but everyone experiences death and that in and of itself is an experience of trauma um so yes from a theological standpoint absolutely i also think that there is an argument to um like everyone experiencing emotional uh trauma as well as especially like even if you have no emotional or physical trauma that happens to you in your life um or psychological trauma i'm sorry you will experience some sort of physical trauma like that's almost guaranteed at some point, I mean, yeah, some people will experience more physical trauma than others based on yeah. the decisions they make in their life or, or where you that live. Even. Yeah. Like all of the different factors that happen, um, the fact that you get hungry and you can have pains from being hungry. Oh, yeah. Famine. Right? Famine. The yeah. biblical example of famine is a great experience of trauma. You're absolutely right. All of these things are, are traumatic. Yeah. And will affect the way that you think the world. Think about the world. You yeah. cut your finger. Oh, now I know that this end is sharp. It's yeah. deductive reasoning. Yeah. yeah you yeah, burn yeah. your finger on something. Oh, hey, don't touch that. That's hot. Even just living, you know, you mentioned living in certain places or mm -hmm. where you live. Even living in certain time periods can be traumatic. Um, I would make the argument that every person that lived through COVID... Oh, as experienced yeah. and experience has experienced trauma in some way. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I knew a man. You did too. For the sake of our listeners, I'm going to veil their um, identity. But I knew a man. He's since passed, but he lived through the Great Depression. Lived through the Great Depression in such a way that he was so traumatized from not having any money, he waited, at the, as long as I knew him, he waited at the end of his driveway every two weeks for the mail person to come so he could get his check. He got his check as soon as it hit the mailbox and he drove it straight to the bank. Traumatized from an experience of a, a societal existence yeah. of a, a, a macro issue. Yeah. Traumatized. Yeah, yeah. It altered his behavior. Every person has an experience of trauma. Absolutely. Um, and trauma is relative, right? Mm -hmm. So like I, I have some very um, unique traumas. At seven years old, I was turned upside down in a car. Yeah. Um, like I've got some very unique traumas that a lot of people don't have. But what I would say is if, if, you're, if you're a whole person, which I believe every human is a whole human that bears the image and likeness of God, and that their predisposition is to pursue the likeness of the divinity within their image. But we live in a broken and fallen world. And so when that holistic person that is in pursuit of their image and likeness, which is life and liberation, when that whole person experiences an effect or an affect mm -hmm. of death, trauma whether they caused it or it was caused to them, trauma. No matter what the degree of that is, mm -hmm. right? Clayton and I, we grew up, we had the same dad, we had a lot of the same experiences. Clayton has, if you ask Clayton, and I'm not gonna, but if you ask Clayton for his experiences of trauma, and we've had this conversation before, Clayton will recount one of the most traumatic experiences for him, and I was present when it happened, and I don't even remember it. Because it wasn't a thing for me. It was, it, 
my body had experienced, my body and my person had endured so much other trauma that that experience that he was going through did not even register for me that it could be a traumatic experience. But that doesn't mitigate at all that it was an extremely traumatic experience well, so for him. The, the way that we should explain it is more on an individualized basis is like, you only know what you know. That's right. Yeah. And so every experience of trauma is based on the other experiences of trauma that you've had in your life. Correct. And so it is relative. It is a hundred percent relative. Trauma is relative to the individual. And it, it, it is solely up to bro. If that's the most traumatic thing that you've experienced, damn. Yeah. Like, um, whether it's, you know, growing up without food or a car wreck or, um, a girl breaking up with you. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like all of these things are varying in levels, but they all have the same impact. Um, it is a thing that is hurting you as your person in your core, um, and needs to be treated. Yeah. Um, and one of the important pieces, I guess, if we're going to talk about healing from trauma instead of continuing to beat the horse of trauma, recognizing that you are traumatized yeah. is oh, an important yeah. next step. Yeah. Because you can be like, oh, no, nah, that shit hurt. But taking that step from, oh, no, that hurt to, oh, yeah, no, this this needs to be fixed. It's like, are you going to be the, the old farmer who refuses to go to the doctor because nah i'm fine hurts his back you know putting in a fence and then like nah i'm fine and then can't move or ends up paralyzing himself or are you going to be the guy that is like oh no i just cut my finger down to the bone and i need stitches yeah <sighs> does think, that make sense no it absolutely does and i think you know, there's a huge step that comes in that. There's a huge step in any 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 attempt to heal from trauma. The first step is acknowledging that you have it and you need some help. Correct. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty open about my journey over the last year, but uh, in January of 2021, my wife of seven and a half years, uh, or sorry, six and a half years. Uh, asked me for a separation in early February of 2021. I found out that's because she was having an affair and was had every intention of leaving me for that affair. Um, and if you are new to the game in marriage and relationship issues, when someone cheats, it's called betrayal trauma because the way in which that impacts your core and your attachment theories that your mind has made up about your primary relationships a lot of neuroscience that I won't get into, but the way that happens, it triggers trauma responses. Yep. Just like in any other traumatic experience, it triggers trauma responses. I found out February 8th that she was having an affair and leaving me. I did not go to therapy until the following January. Because, goddamn, be right. goddamn, I'm sorry. The the hardest step is acknowledging that you have trauma, yeah. and you need treatment. 
what what you end up telling yourself is like, man, people go through this every day. I will be fine. I will be fine. And you know, I'm a I grew up country. I'm a scrapper. Like I just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I mean, like I cut my arm open for your YouTube video watchers. I cut my arm open, put super glue in it because I didn't want to go get stitches. Yeah. Like I'm not the dude that really trusts doctors and like wants to seek treatment. I'm just not that guy. Mm. You know, maybe, I, I don't know. I grew up around a lot of black people. <laughs> black people don't trust doctors or the government. I kind of feel like they rubbed off on it's me. incredibly uh, stereotypical of you, but. Maybe, but it's also like large stereotypes exist for a reason. And like I have a lot of black friends and they don't trust doctors. Like yeah. it's true. They watched Michael Jackson hire a doctor to inject heroin in him and kill him by an overdose. They don't trust doctors. <laughs> it's just part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving facts, on. Facts. Moving on. Facts. Okay. Um, yeah. No. The hardest step is acknowledging that you need. That you need help. That you need treatment. But. Just like we would talk about this, which also let's let's have a conversation here, maybe a little bit more specifically, substance abuse. Um, what what do they tell you in the in in AA? What's the first step? Go ahead. No, I was asking you. Do you know? Not anymore. Admitting to. that you have a problem. Yeah, but and then I'm against twelve step programs. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I am yeah. here for it. I'm just saying that this it is, is a common thing. It is acknowledging that you have a problem. It's the But it's the first step in anything is acknowledging right. you have a problem. Acknowledging that you have a problem is the first step in healing any kind of trauma, especially the trauma that you inflict upon yourself. Yeah. And substance abuse, right? Yeah. Um, so admitting that there is an issue that needs to be treated. The next step, I would say is to seek out that solution. There you go. Um, and there is a myriad of different ways that you could do this. Here's how you could do it. If you have listened and you are 18 minutes into this podcast, it is very clear that you are interested in healing from your experiences of trauma. And so here's what I want you to do. Once you reach out to me or Clayton, all of our stuff is linked down below emails, Instagrams, Facebooks, however you want to do it. We have a lot of connections. We will help you because the other thing is I, and I don't want to dismiss this paying for that treatment is difficult. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And so reach out to us and we will help you. We will find accommodations for you based on pay scales and all those different things. We have, we have care networks that we can help you find that. Yeah. Um, reaching out to us is, is a good way to do that. Now you may not feel comfortable reaching out to us. You can find all these same things on your own as well. If, if that's the way that you want to do that. Um, I don't want to force anyone to feel like they need to, but that is a, a resource that is available to you if you want help in finding those resources. Um, However, the next step is then going. Creating, like, seeking out the resources and taking the step of actually going are two different things. You can make an appointment and then not go. That is a whole other step in and of itself. 
as you know, people of trauma, like I've, I've heard this from, um, sexual assault victims, um, or survivors who survivors making the appointment is one thing to go see a therapist for some to go to an OBG. Like making the appointment is one thing. Actually going. Actually going and doing the damn yeah. thing is an entirely different animal. No, I hear you. That that was my thing. I'm pretty protective over my calendar. If I put some on my calendar, that shit's happening. There. Like that shit's happening. It's ironclad. I'm not moving it. I'm just, my life is too crazy not to treat it that way. Um, I called my now therapist to make that initial appointment four times and she would answer and I wouldn't say anything and I would hang up because like I just couldn't take that so as you're saying making the appointment and then going that wasn't my thing because once I make the appointment I'm going I've decided but it took me four attempts to actually make make the the appointment appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it is hard to actually go Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.